The views in this do not necessarily reflect the views of WKNC, Student Media, or NCSU. You're listening to Eye on the Triangle on WKNC 88.1. Good afternoon, Raleigh, and welcome to this week's Eye on the Triangle. It's November 30th, and the time is 4.03, and on behalf of the team here at Duffy KNC, I'd like to thank you for tuning in. I am Nick Weaver. And I'm Marissa Jordan. Today's show is going to be a short one, since our contributors are busy preparing for their exams this week, just like all of you probably are. Despite that, we've still got some fresh news for you here, courtesy of Miss Marissa Jordan, followed by my review of Pile by a Giant Dog. Then, later on... We'll come back with our favorite live segments, what's in the news, community calendar, and this day in history. Yep, but first, here's those news lines from Marissa. In the news, yesterday, the country was once again shocked as reports of an attack at Ohio State's campus surfaced on news platforms and social media. The attacker, Abdul Razak Ali Artan, drove his car off the road into students walking to class and then jumped out of his car brandishing a butcher's knife, and tried to attack students around 10 a.m. local time. Artan was shot by a campus police officer within minutes, but not before wounding 11 students, one of which is in critical condition. It was Officer Horujiko's quick response that ensured no more students were injured. We owe him a debt of gratitude, said Monica Mole, director of Ohio State Public Safety. He did a fabulous job today. In addition, the school was held safe thanks to the active shooter protocol. At 9.55 a.m., an alert went out to students that read, Buckeye Alert, Active Shooter on Campus, Run, Hide, Fight, Watts Hall, 19th and College. In the meantime, students and professors barricaded doors to keep themselves safe. There are no current leads on Artan's motives. Pittsburgh. NC. It's a real-life game of hot potato. What to do with millions of tons of coal ash generated by coal-fired power plants in the state? Concerned citizens in Chatham and Lee counties asked a superior court judge on Monday to reconsider a legal decision allowing for the dumping of waste at old slate and clay mines in their communities. Comments from Therese Vick, community organizer, Blue Ridge Environmental Defense League. Duke Energy continues to look for a home for the millions of tons of coal ash generated by its coal-fired power plants, and part of their solution lies in the abandoned slate and clay mines that dot the state map. Monday, concerned citizens from Chatham and Lee counties appealed to a superior court judge to ask him to review a legal decision that allowed the waste to be dumped at mines in their counties. Therese Vick, with the Blue Ridge Environmental Defense League, says the permit issued didn't go through the proper process. It's clear that the Department of Environmental Quality assisted with getting these permits in almost a record amount of time. Typically, a municipal always landfill, like you send your trash to, can take two to three years to go through the permitting process. These two facilities were permitted in less than six months. 
A spokesperson for the Department of Environmental Quality says while the department can't comment on pending litigation, the permit process followed the same procedures as any other permit and the agency is following the rules set by the State Coal Ash Management Act. Vic says sampling the air in Chatham and Lee counties reveal elevated levels of toxic air pollutants along the route the coal ash has been traveling to these sites. They are taking it by train, but they're going through so many backyards. Coal ash is very, very difficult to contain in the air, and they have not required them to have an air permit. The Coal Ash Management Act allows coal ash to be dumped in existing mines, but Vic says their investigation found over 70% of the land where coal ash is being disposed of has never been mined. Greensboro, NC. Thousands of lower-income North Carolina high school students are getting internet access off campuses to help them complete their homework assignments. Comments from two spokesmen for Sprint, Michael Mess, Region President for North Carolina and South Carolina, and Jim Spillane, Director of the Public Sector Strategy. Having access to wireless internet is becoming just as important as access to pencils and paper, but millions of students lack online access once they leave the school grounds. It's referred to as the homework gap, and a new initiative from the Sprint Foundation is aiming to change that. One million low-income students, spanning North Carolina and the rest of the country, will be given access to wireless hotspots and free mobile devices in an effort to bridge the homework gap. Michael Mess with Sprint explains why the initiative is so important. You've got more and more school children that are needing to have internet access for just normal schoolwork. And there's a large percentage of students that are having to either rely on going to public hotspots or in the parking lot of the school at night to complete homework projects. The Sprint program is in support of the White House's Connect Ed initiative, which aims to provide students and teachers with access to technology to level the playing field and transform the classroom experience for all students. According to Pew Research Center, 5 million households with K-12 students do not have internet at home. Pew also found that 70% of teachers assign homework that requires internet access. Jim Spalene, also with Sprint, says telecommunications companies like his have an obligation to help children advance. They are taking it by train, but they're going through so many backyards. Coal ash is very, very difficult to contain in the air, and they have not required them to have an air permit. There are 10 pilot programs in the Greensboro area, and Sprint has provided the Charlotte Library System with 150 hotspots for students to check out and take home. Mess says the response has been significant. Last week, in fact, a library staff member was told by a mom how important the hotspot was and had been to her child and, and that the child was much more focused doing her homework at home than trying to do it somewhere else. Low-income, minority, and Spanish-speaking households are disproportionately affected by the homework gap. This has been Marissa Jordan for Eye on the Triangle. Hello and welcome. I'm Nick Weaver of Eye on the Triangle, and you are listening to the Modest Mouth Review.
Have you guys heard of a giant dog? Because they're great. I'm really enjoying their stuff, and it's driving me crazy that I haven't found anybody else at WKNC to freak out about them with. I'm also amazed it took me this long to find them, as their latest album, Pile, has been out since, like, May of this year. I just started seeing their songs pop up in my Discover Weekly playlist, and on the r slash listen to this subreddit. Apparently they were a must-play on WKNC over the summer as well, so I don't know how I've gone this long without finding them on my own. But, either way, better late than never, so today's album on the chopping block is Pile by a Giant Dog. Now, the first question as always is, just who are a giant dog? For starters, the band has been around since a little before 2010 when they released their first EP. They've since released two full-length LPs in addition to Pile, which actually served as their debut on the Merge record label. For those of you unfamiliar with Merge Records, that's a pretty big deal. Some of the signed artists include Arcade Fire, Dinosaur Jr., Drive Like Jehu, Neutral Milk Hotel, The Mountain Goats, Connor Oberst, Waxahachie, and several others that carry a pretty sizable following. The band consists of Sabrina Ellis on vocals, Andrew Cashin on vocals and guitar, Andy Bauer on guitar, Graham Lowe on bass, and Matthew Strumska on drums. Matthew, if you can hear this, your last name is hard. Anyways, A Giant Dog are known for their live performances, which have been described as explosive and crazy, to put it mildly. Just what a rock performance should be. So, what do they sound like, you ask? Kind of like what I imagine Group Love would sound like if they just did heroin and hung out with Fiddler for, like, a year. There's actually a great variety on this album. They never stray too far away from their brand of rock, but it's a versatile brand that features elements of grunge, punk, rockabilly, and indie. There's also a strong use of lo-fi distortion on the vocals for a number of songs, as well as on the rhythm guitars. However... This distortion is applied sparingly, and most of the other instruments are left free of this filtering. There's clear piano and bass that bleed through to form the melodic accompaniment, occasionally replacing the guitar as the main form of accentuation. Their sound is bright and hectic, with a driving, non-stop energy that propels each song forward. The album never really drops below third gear, with every song retaining at least some notion of this intensity. What really sells it is the perfectly mastered and tracked rhythm guitars, and moreover, the vocals. The vocals, provided at all times by Ellis and Cashin, are perfectly blended so that two voices become one, yelling into the abyss. Well, that's an exaggeration, but you get the idea. It's loud, it's proud, and it's fairly unique. Not a lot of bands can rock the nonstop duo form of vocals. Plus, both Ellis and Cashin are formidably fantastic vocalists, sporting the range and control that only years of practice can provide. Though I do think Ellis overshadows Cashin quite a bit, both are great at what they do, and I'm sure on some level this is intentional anyways. Though the vocals are basically always yelled, the emotional effect of each song isn't just limited to anger or excitement. The lyrical content and the way the songs are performed actually have the capacity to convey very complex emotions. In between the mosh pit anthems are songs like Disney, the wistful, apprehensive tale about a creepy fan that at once both comes off as perplexing and nostalgic. There's also King Queen, which carries with it a youthful sense of wonder and gaiety, but also the adult sensation of wishful thinking, the result of dreaming of grandeur and subsequently laughing at the absurdity of those dreams. By far the slowest song on the album is Get With You and Get High, a sort of somber song that enjoys the moment of longing and seeing the one that you love, but being unable to be with them. It's got some of the most radically different instrumentation on the album and carries a very different tone. Even though I'm not in love with the song, I think it's a great example of how bands should be willing to experiment with vastly different sounds on the same album. Variety is good. Inconsistency to the point where an album doesn't feel like one piece isn't great, but it's better than an album that has as much variety as a pack of white crayons and the lasting appeal of fruit-striped gum. 
One final thing that I like about the album is it has a sense of humor. Several songs get a little silly at times and aren't anywhere near afraid to embrace the absurd. The last few seconds on the track actually mock those artsy types of bands that take themselves too seriously, with a faux classical instrumental arrangement that ends with one of the band members making some sort of undignified grunt as the music cuts out immediately. It's fantastic! For my final rating on a scale of negative 2 to 7, I give this album a positive 6. I wanted to say 5.5, but numerical ratings for albums are already absurd. There's no need to make it worse by throwing in pointless decimals. The important thing to know is that while it's not perfect, which no album is, mind you, I seriously enjoyed this one. I'll be keeping a lookout for anything these guys release in the future, and if they come to Raleigh, I'm getting tickets immediately. Some of my favorite tracks on this album are Sleep When Dead and Sex and Drugs, both of which I played on my DJ Shift, the latter of which has an amazing music video, King Queen, Chisney, and All Come Crashing. I like all of the tracks fairly well, but these in particular are really great. I would give the album a full 7, but occasionally some of the lesser tracks feel a little gimmicky, too nailed down stylistically to really leave an impression. Despite this, they're great songs, and I highly recommend this album to any rock fan out there. The name of the album is, once again, Pile by A Giant Dog. The band name is A Giant Dog. I'm not trying to say that an oversized Mastiff or something wrote this album. Once again, that is Pile by A Giant Dog. Thanks again for listening in. I've been Nick, though I'm also known as Lens, Klesk, Floatstar, Meerkat, or just that dude who can't dress himself properly in public. I'm less fond of that last one. As always, you can send in a review request by emailing publicaffairs at wknc.org or by sending a tweet to at wknc underscore eot. Thanks again for listening in, and I'll speak to you all again next time. You're listening to Eye on the Triangle on WKNC FM Raleigh. The time is 4.16. I'm Nick Weaver. And I'm Marissa Jordan. It's... It is time for What's in the News. Stole it from you. I am going to read off a couple of headlines from today's technician. We were actually playing a game just a second ago called, uh, ago called Onion or Not the Onion, where uh, you try to guess whether or not the headline that I just read off is from the Onion or the News. In this case, you don't have to guess, but uh, let's see what's in there, shall we? Top headline for the news of the Technician website right now. Student government introduces charger loan initiative. NC State students won't have to worry about their devices dying in Tally Student Union anytime soon, thanks to a new charger loan system that will be implemented sometime next semester. That's I'm ex- actually yeah. really good. Yeah. I'm so excited about I that. I miss the old uh, charging stations that they used to have sitting around near the chairs. Mm-hmm. I would just stop by Tally in the middle of the day to charge my iPhone 5 that would die by 2 o'clock. Uh, second... Headline on the top page of the uh, technician website. NC Court orders state to redraw districts. The North Carolina Middle District Court ruled Tuesday that North Carolina lawmakers must redraw their legislative districts by March 15th and hold new legislative elections next fall. And the final top story from yesterday. uh, Breaking news. False alarm and tally leads to evacuation. A fire alarm went off in Tally Student Union on Tuesday morning, leading to an evacuation of the building. It is likely that the alarm was caused by dust in the smoke detector and not a fire, according to Deputy Fire Marshal Kristen Boggs. Boy, that sure does read like an onion article, though. Uh, Let's head over to Features to see what's at the top there. Features. Top of Features right now. Fantastic Beasts Fails to Find the Magic, a review by Sam Griffin. I have not seen that film yet, so I don't know whether or not to disagree, but I'm inclined to say maybe you are just a magicless person. Uh, And I can say that because we're friends. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, second feature story, The Companion Animal Club. 
For the many students at NC State who love animals or miss their pets from home, there is a club designed to answer their needs. The Companion Animal Club is intended to provide a space for animal lovers of all stripes. Oh, that's clever. Radar. December events in the Triangle. Uh, December 1st, win a jazz holiday concert along with several other events. You can read about that and more in the feature section of The Technician. Going to skip sports for today because I don't care and I don't know if anybody listening does. But uh, you can hear or read all of that on the Technician's website. And uh, you can grab copies of Monday's paper in the stands. Uh, They are still there. Now we have this day in history. The kind of weekday in history minus a few important people getting born. Getting, that's not correct. Being born. In uh, 1864, the Battle of Franklin happened in Tennessee. In 1874, Winston Churchill was born. In 1989, America's first female serial killer strikes. And in 1835, Mark Twain is born. Do you think, do you think that's a coincidence? That America's first female serial killer came along just at the same time as Winston Churchill was born? <laughs> it's a conspiracy. It's, that was like almost a hundred years apart. Uh, you know, details, details. <laughs> well, next up for community calendar, the University Activities Board will be hosting a last day of classes free ice skating event for NC State students this Friday, December second, from three PM to eleven PM in the Brickyard. Bring your student ID to get in. Skates will be provided. It is plastic ice and not real ice, so be warned. This Friday will be first Friday. First Friday is a free self-guided tour of downtown's cutting-edge cultural hotspots. Local art galleries, art studios, alternative art venues, and museums stay open late on the first Friday of every month to welcome thousands of art-seeking enthusiasts downtown. It runs from 6 to 9 p.m. In addition, uh, the NC State Design School has an exhibit called The Fish Market, and I will be DJing there. From hey, 9 to 10. DJ Boo. <laughs> so you can come and listen to some flux music. Not quite sure what that means, but... I have no idea what that is, but we, it sure does sound interesting. Wouldn't we, you like to find <laughs> out by going to the event yourself? Yes. So that was the uh, fish market. I have some friends debuting art, too. It sounds really awesome. Yep. And uh, a final note on this. This isn't on the community calendar script. But uh, the Wolf Tracks Music Club is hosting a showcase uh this friday at the casa nightclub they are an official nc state uh university organization so if you want to see local artists uh perform uh that is going on at the casa nightclub friday at seven that about does it for this week's show uh thanks for joining us on this beautiful wednesday afternoon it actually is really nice lately uh it's been like 65 all day i oh i love it uh, as always, if you heard anything you liked, you hated, or anything that made you think, let us know at publicaffairs at wknc.org. And be sure to check out our blog at wknc-eot.tumblr.com. You can catch another episode of Eye on the Triangle sometime next semester, as this is actually our last one for the uh, the semester. We start back up in uh, January, right? Yep, in January. Yep. Our intro and outro music is Connie by L1011. For Eye on the Triangle, I'm Marissa Jordan. And I'm Nick Weaver, wishing you all a great Wednesday afternoon, happy holiday season, and good luck to all students on their exams.